Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Glad you're with us around the Super Talk Radio Network in Mississippi this afternoon. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We're also online at supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com, supertalksouthmississippi.com, and a variety of podcasts later in the day. But broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps Studio, excited to have our guest today. Larry Fedora, former head football coach, at, of course, at the University of Southern Mississippi, University of North Carolina, and among other schools, and now the new coach of the New Orleans Break, New Orleans Breakers of the upcoming USFL. Uh, coach Fedora announced a couple of weeks ago, along with uh, Jeff Fisher, who will head up the Michigan Panthers. And coach, first of all, congratulations! Thank you for coming back on the show. As we were saying off air. The last time we talked, you were just having a good time down in Florida, and and now you're back uh, in the USFL. Yeah, it uh, we were, Bob. Actually, while I was uh, down in Dustin, uh, just enjoying some time with my family, and uh, and now uh, we're gearing back up to get back into the game. All right, Coach, tell us what happened between then and now, and uh, how how you were approached, and how all this came about. Yeah, I just. Uh, you know, eventually uh, the uh, management with the USFL reached out to me uh, to find out if I would be interested in, uh, you know, one of the organizations. And uh, so I spent some time visiting with them and, and uh, you know, wanted to find out, you know, what, what it was going to be all about, you know, whether they were committed to it and, and uh, you know, wanted to know about the financing of it and the long-term plans and, and what type of football they wanted to play. And so after after all of those conversations – you know, I was pretty excited about uh, what the uh, USFL is going to bring to uh, to the fans. Well, the first thing they did, Coach, is they really reached out and got some big-name coaches. They got you, Todd Haley, Kevin Sumlin, Skip Holtz. Uh, as we said, uh, Jeff Fisher, longtime coach of the Tennessee Titans. So from a coaching standpoint, a lot of football knowledge is going to be leading these teams. Well, I think there's uh, quality coaches in the league, and I think uh, that tells you why the league is going to be uh, – a high quality brand of football. I think uh, it's going to be, you know, I, I think it's going to be extremely exciting. I really do. Luke, get in here with uh, Coach Fedora. Coach, thanks so much for being on today. Kind of the proposal is uh, is is eight teams, ten week season goes through from April sixteenth to July third. Um, and and you know, from a from a coaching perspective, so many guys, you know, because of there's only one league in the in the country, the NFL. There's a lot of quality football players that you know uh, roster attrition, and after two or three years, there's no place to play. And, and you guys are going to have a a wealth of talent, uh, particularly on your team. Uh, New Orleans, and how, how do the rosters get filled out between now to April? Well, uh, on February 22nd and 23rd, we will have a draft uh, for the USFL, and so you are, you're you talking about some quality players out there that uh, aren't under uh, NFL contracts or CFL contracts, and so they're, uh, they're going to be 
eligible for the USFL draft. So we're excited about that. Uh, the quality of the players are going to be in this league. I mean, you know, this this year with uh, the extra year that uh, the NCAA gave players, uh, instead of there being about 600 guys with a uh, draft grade on them, there's about 1,200 this year. And so there's still only going to be so many uh, spots in the NFL, and so we're going to we're going to pick up some really quality talent in this league. You mentioned uh, one of the, the things that drew you to this in your discussions with the leadership was the type of football they would play. And, uh, you know, an opportunity for us to learn more about the USFL, it's not going to be one of these clown leagues. I mean, you guys are going to play quality football. Tell us more about the type of football you expect to come out of the USFL. Yeah, there's there's no gimmicks in this thing. I mean, uh, you know, I, I believe they're going to tweak a few rules to make it uh, – you know, more fan interactive and, and exciting for the fans. But uh, it's going to be good, solid football. I think it's going to be something that, uh, you know, people are accustomed to seeing, uh, you know, both at the collegiate and the uh, professional level. And so, I, you know, that was a, a big part of it for me. I, I didn't want to be part of a circus. Coach, when you're starting a football team from literally from scratch and you're going to do this uh, in your draft, obviously I know you're doing a lot of research now, but – how do you go about doing that? Do you get a quarterback and then build around the quarterback? Do you start out trying to get big big linemen and build around them? How how do you approach it from from the get go, Coach? Well, that's a good question, Bob. I'm I'm learning every day. You know, we're we're uh, we're busy evaluating uh, the players that are in the draft pool, and we're trying to evaluate every guy that's in there at every position, so that uh, you know we're familiar with them as much as we can. We're not. We don't get to meet with them in uh, one-on-one situations, and we're not getting to work them out. So we're strictly going off uh, film. So that's the that's the tough part about it. So, but yeah, I mean, I think for us, it, it's going to start with the quarterback. Uh, I think no matter what league you're in or at what level you're playing at, uh, if you don't have a, a quarter a quality quarterback, you're going to have a hard time winning. And so that will be the uh, the number one spot for us, and then we will work from there. You're well-known as a college coach uh, for your offensive proudness and how, how effective and really successful your offensive schemes have always been. Are you going to employ that scheme in the USFL, or will it be different because it, it may or may not be a different type of football? Well, you know, we're, we're planning on, uh, yeah, this scheme as, as much as we can. Now, uh, you know, some of that's going to, what, you know, the, the things that are going to factor in are going to be the, you know, the uh, players that we have and, and molding the offense around the players that we have and their, their skill level. But also, you know, you're, you're talking, you have an active roster of 38 players. And so uh, you've got to practice smart. You've got to do things that they're going to be able to handle. And uh, that will be something that we learn as we go. How different has it been to this point for you from what you're used to doing as a football coach? Well, you know, up and uh, you know, up until a, about a week ago, you were you would have been on the road recruiting, and so uh, you know that part of it, uh, evaluating talent is not much different. I mean, you're still looking at film, talking to coaches, and finding out as much as you can about these players. Now, as we start to put this this team together, that will be new to me. You know, so. Uh, I'm fortunate that I uh, hired a good GM who's had some experience in roster management and uh, uh, draft, uh, you know, draft procedures. And so, you know, I will lean on him quite a bit. But, uh, you know, as far as the evaluating of players, that'll be something that our staff does uh, on a daily basis. And I ask you about uh, putting your, your team together, but obviously you had to put a coaching staff together as well. Have you, have you been able to complete that at this point? 
we're very close to completing it. You know, uh, really excited about the staff that we're putting together. I mean, the quality of uh, of coaches that are wanting to be involved in this league is is tremendous. You know, so it's uh, it's going to be very very competitive in that aspect also. Luke Johnson, I think after they play their first year in Birmingham and the Breakers start playing in New Orleans, there are going to be a lot of Southern Miss fans that make that journey to Hattiesburg to watch Coach Fedora. Absolutely. And, Coach, you know, you're talking about player management. Um, I, I know we, we talked to Damian Fletcher quite frequently on this show. I'm sure he he might have a few little miles left in the tank. And and uh, I'm sure Austin Davis uh, would be glad to collaborate things over the phone for you. But, you know, when you when you look at uh, what Southern Miss has, has been since you – been there uh, man it's been up and down up and down will hall's got this uh, thing turned right back but but man even even in the midst of some of the uh, the down years southern miss was turning out quality talent and and i i know that this league there's going to be some eagles that will eventually you know find their way in the league and it's a great opportunity for guys to showcase um their ability when they don't get the opportunity in, in the nfl well there's no doubt about that luke uh you know they're first of all you know, I think uh, in visiting with Will and, and his plan for the future at Southern Miss, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Will's going to have the success that everybody wants him to have. You know, they've done a great job in recruiting this year, and, uh, you know, it's it, it's like I told him, it's going to take some time. It's not going to happen overnight, And uh, but I do believe he's the right man for the job. And so, you know, I, I do. I'm excited. I, I You know, every time I'm looking at these players, sometimes I see that uh, – a guy has played at uh, Southern Miss at some point in his background, and that kind of gets me excited, you know, to, to, to see a former Golden Eagle that may uh, have an opportunity in this league. Coach, we just want to we just want to clarify the official drink of uh, of the New Orleans Breakers will be Red Bull. Is that correct? I mean, that's what all your former players always bring up about you. Yeah, well, I, I'm uh, I, I I better not comment on that. I, that uh, you know, I, I don't know what the uh, rules are on that yet. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, kind of just sidestep that question. Coach, we've got a really short break. Can you stick around three minutes through this commercial break? We'd like to talk to you a little more if you have the time. You bet. All right, we're talking to head coach Larry Fedora, who is now the head coach of the New Orleans Breakers. That's such a familiar name, too. That uh, that name really rings a bell when you think back on the USFL and uh, some of the great players uh, that participated in that league. We're going to talk to Coach Fedora about that. There were some really iconic players that played in the USFL. And uh, so where does the league go to find new players? Will there be some NFL star names that we recognize, or will it mostly be young guys? Lots to talk to about Football in New Orleans with Coach Larry Fedora next on the Eagle Hopper. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back. I want to thank Dickie's Barbecue for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. First segment every day. Great food. They'll cater any event for you, large or small. 
We like Dickies. We think you will, too. Also want to say hello to our friends at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. Wherever you're listening around the state this afternoon, you can go to campusbookmart.net and order your Southern Miss apparel. They'll send it right to your front door. Basketball coach Jay Ladner is going to join us later in the show, but right now we're talking to former head coach, football coach here, of course, at Southern Miss, Larry Fedora, now the head coach of the New Orleans Breakers of the USFL. Coach, we were talking uh, off air, and when the USFL first came around, boy, they really plucked some names. Herschel Walker, Doug Flutie, you reminded me, Jim Kelly, Steve Young, some NFL Hall of Famers now played in the USFL. Do you think we'll see names from the NFL in the league that we recognize, or do you think it'll start out mostly with the young, talented men that they're really great football players, but they're just so many roster spots in the league? Yeah, I think as we start this, uh, you know, this year and and get going with the league, I think you're going to see a lot of young talent. Uh, you know, maybe some names that people aren't aware of, but are going to become aware of. Uh, I think as the as the league expands and gets down the road a few years, I think you're going to see uh, some quality names in this league. And you made a great point to us as well off air about the decision to play the first season. All of the games will be played in Birmingham. It's a hotbed, obviously, of, of, of people who love football. But from a financial standpoint, it makes a world of sense to give the league a year to get financially stable before you guys spread out and then start traveling across the country. Yeah, we're, we're excited about, you know, starting out and being in Birmingham this whole year. I mean, uh, you know, logistically speaking, it's going to be uh, very important for the league. You don't have to worry about travel, you, don't, you know, all of those things. So financially, it will be a, it'll be a good way for the league to start off. And, uh, and then I think, uh, you know, from that point, the plan is to, to move uh, all the teams out to their cities and, and, and roll from there. Now, Luke, I heard you say we'll get Coach Fedora on the air. Some of his former Southern Miss players start communicating with us. Go ahead and share that. Yeah, they really do. Uh, one of those, the linemen that played under Coach Fedora, Jonathan Gary, uh, is a good friend of mine, pastors over in Brookhaven. He, he texts me and, Coach, you know, so many, we, we have former players on this show a lot, and, and uh, we will talk to them particularly. Uh, the guys that were, you know, in the, the kind of the 06 to 09 range that were able to, uh, that were a part of, of Jeff Bauer's teams and were a part of your teams. And it's always cool to, to hear those guys talk about two great head coaches, the, the differences in all of them. And, and I guess, uh, you know, I would ask you, uh, as a head coach, you know, coming into Southern Miss, your first head coaching job, was it intimidating at all taking over for a guy like that had the, the prominence and the national success like, uh, like Jeff Bauer and how how did his success before you help you as a Southern Miss head coach? Well, I'll, I'll always be in debt to uh, Coach Bauer. I mean, he's a legend. I mean, and, uh, you know, his record speaks for itself, you know, and, and but that was one of the main reasons I wanted to come to Southern Miss is because, uh, you know, Coach had been there 17 years prior and, and they had done nothing but win. I mean, that's all they had done was win. And so you knew that if you came to Southern Miss, uh, winning was just a part of the culture, and, and guys were going to understand that when they stepped out on the field, they expected to win, and, and a lot of times that's the majority of the battle. Two two games that I want to specifically ask about. I think everybody knows the second one, but the first one that really stood out to me was I was on the field after we beat Virginia at home, and that was a game that we were really down, and I just remember seeing your face celebrating with guys up close on the field. It was just almost like, wow, we can do this thing, and, and I, I'm sure you remember that game and, and the great comeback in that one. Well, I think, I mean, the, the smile was because it was uh, exactly the way we had kind of planned it out. 
I mean, we knew they were a very talented team. They were, you know, a lot bigger than us and, and uh, you know, a power five team and all those things. But we knew if they came into Hattiesburg and they were playing in the afternoon that uh, eventually they would melt, you know, with the humidity and the heat. Our guys never blinked in that aspect. And, and for those big guys, you know, they were ahead at halftime. But we knew if, uh, you know, if we kept pushing, we'd, we'd come out on top. And that's exactly what happened. That's what we preached. Our guys believed in it. And so that was what was so fulfilling about that win. That was September 19, 2009. Beat them in Hattiesburg, 37-34. Turn around and beat them again, Coach, in 2011, 30-24. The second game, obviously, is a game that has a USFL interest to it because Kevin Sumlin, um, who you defeated, uh, that top-10 Houston team in 2011, he's a, uh, he's a coach now in the USFL. And you're talking about joking with him, you guys may play later in the season. But what, what's probably the one thing about that game and it could be leading up to it or, or during it that is most vivid in your mind, the Houston game. Yeah, I would say, you know, they were, I think they were ranked sixth in the country at the time and they were undefeated. I think they had the number one offense in the entire country, averaging over 50 points a game. And, and uh, you know, but our guys never, I mean, that was the great thing about it. They never believed that we wouldn't win that game. I mean, they, they always believed that we were going to win that game. There was no, uh, you know, I didn't need to do anything to motivate them. We had great players. I mean, that whole team just got together in November there back in Hattiesburg, and I was able to get there and to listen to them talk and, and tell the stories that they did about that season and what went on and how hard practices were and all those things. It was so, it was so rewarding. You know, not only that, to see that they've grown up to be, you know, uh, grown men with families and children and, and, and successful in the world. And, you know, probably, uh, Luke, the biggest thing was, the ones that weren't there, there were there, none of our defensive linemen were there because they're all still playing, you know, and uh, <laughs> that, that tells you why we had a heck of a football team. Coach, we've had a lot of those guys on the show, and, and almost to the man, we've asked them this question. Could you look in the players, in, in the eyes of the Houston players, and tell that they knew they were in trouble, and how soon did that happen? And almost all of them told us, that they saw that in the eyes of the opponent in the first half, that they knew uh, they knew that uh, this was not going to turn out like they had planned. That must make you feel good uh, when you hear that your players were so prepared and so confident that, that that got across very quickly to the heavily favored opponent. Well, our, our team was pretty special that year. I mean, they loved each other. They cared about each other. And they felt like together they were invincible. And, and, you know, the motto for that 2011 team was they don't know. And, you know, people outside of Hattiesburg didn't really know how good we really were. And we had a heck of a football team that could have beat, you know, probably anybody the way we played that day, you know, because we played extremely well and rose to the occasion and in a big game. And, and, uh, and our defense was just phenomenal. I mean, uh, you know, Case Keenum was, uh, you know, I mean, one of the best quarterbacks in the country that year, and I believe we sacked him seven times and had a couple of picks in that game. Maybe uh, one, and I know one of them was for a touchdown. Coach, I know you went on to have great success at North Carolina, but, you know, in our previous conversation with you, I detected that, uh, and I sort of detected again today, that Southern Miss has a special place in your heart, and uh, and coaching here uh, really really means something to you, what, what you experience here. Am I right about that? Oh, there's no doubt about it. You know, not only for me, but for my family also. It was just a, a tremendous time. It started out, you know, extremely difficult. I think we were two and six, I think, to start out that first season. 
you know, and uh, and then we reeled off uh, five wins in a row, including the bowl game, to, to finish with a winning season. And so, you know, it was a special place, and, and we still have tremendous friends there in Hattiesburg. Uh, you know, I was able to come back and play in the uh, Hattiesburg Country Club uh, member guest this summer and, and spend uh, about a week in town and just uh, brought back a lot of great memories, memories with a lot of great people. Well, Coach, we think of you as one of us, and we already have a favorite team in the USFL, and that, of course, is your team, the New Orleans Breakers. We're very grateful that you come back on the show and talk to us about it, and uh, we're really looking forward to watching you uh, and your new team uh, when the league starts up. Well, thank you so much, Bob. We're excited about it, and uh, hopefully we can get uh, some people in Hattiesburg to make that trip to Birmingham this season. We're looking forward to it. Thank you, Coach, again. You bet. Take care. Coach Larry Fedora, everybody. Now the head coach of the New Orleans Breakers of the USFL. And something tells me, Luke, he'll have a lot of success. I think he's going to be successful wherever he coaches football. 34 wins in his four years at, at Southern Miss. And and what I remember most is he mentioned they, they rattled off those five straight wins. We were in the New Orleans Bowl. And Gerald McGrath was a senior that year. And there was a lot of pressure. My senior year, we were five and five going to the last game of the year. And so every senior season, they, the senior class, you had a pressure like, you got to keep the winning streak alive. You got to keep the winning streak alive. It had been, you know, 14 years or so at, at that point. And I remember after the game, uh, I'm on field level and Gerald McGrath is running by and he sees me. And he jumps up. This is Fedora's first year. And he, he, we do a halfway hug hanging over it. He's like, we did it. We kept the streak alive. We kept the streak alive. And that's one of the things that I remember, which the, the 2011 season was a absolutely remarkable coaching job. But what Fedora did in 2008 with rattling off those wins and finishing the season seven and six. And, and let's be honest too. You, all the stuff that happened with my coach, with Coach Bauer, none of that was, was, was with Fedora. And so he had to come in to an era where a bunch of people were ticked off royally at Southern Miss football because of what they had just done to That's Jeff right. Bauer. That's right. And yet he, he was able to do what he did. So he, he came in and did what he did, Luke, with a divided fan base. I think that's fair to say. It and was very divided for a while. If you want success at Southern Miss, you can be Will Hall and win the state over, or three times in a row you can just be the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State University, and it will probably work out with you pretty well. <laughs> I want to thank Coach Larry Fedora of the New Orleans Breakers for coming on the Eagle Hour. He's a big friend of the show, and we appreciate him very much. Another friend coming up, head basketball coach Jay Ladner. Next on the program, stay right where you are. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank former Southern Miss head football coach Larry Fedora for joining us in those first two segments. If you missed it, you can go back and listen 
on demand at supertalk.fm or catch us in podcast form uh, later today on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Eagle Hour live from the Southern Bancor Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson and Bob Getty uh, on this middle of the week Wednesday. Sunny outside. Always a great day to go see our friends at 4th Street. 895 lunch and a place to watch uh, the Super Bowl this weekend. Kelly's Bengals taking on the Los Angeles Rams. It will all be at 4th Street. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Very thankful today to have head basketball coach Jay Ladner joining us. And, Coach, we won't ask you any any football questions, but uh, you got a preference this week in the Super Bowl? <laughs> you can ask me some Southern Miss history football questions, but anything technical on the field of the, other out of the power eye or the wing tee, I'm probably not going to be much help. Good stuff. Well, coach, we appreciate you coming on. Um, just it's been it's been a rough few weeks, and uh, yep. just kind of kind of bring us up to date. What's been your mentality, your philosophy, what you've been telling your guys uh, through some of these yeah. conference games? Yeah, let's hey, let's it, it, you know, gosh, it is what it is. We're disappointed in our disappointed in our win loss record. R- really am, but I, I'm but I'm not disappointed in my guys. I I accept full responsibility, Luke, for for the situation that we're in. And, uh, you know, I, I love my staff. I, I love our players. Um, uh, our, our attitude has continued to, to, to stay strong. You know, the easiest thing to do when things aren't going well in, in basketball or athletics or, or any, any organization for that matter is, you know, just to, just throw the towel in and quit. And, uh, and, and I haven't seen that the first bit, our guys are battling hard and, we're just trying to figure out a way to win. Here's here's what I talked to the team about before we played at Florida International. I thought thought we played pretty well there up until about the last three or four minutes, which has kind of been a, a closing games out has been a deal, and that's got a lot to do with confidence. But I I talked to the team before the game about guys. We're, we I firmly believe I believe in you, and I believe that we're one one win away. If we could find a way to squeeze a win out, that I, what it would just do so much for our confidence level and i think our because we've lost so many ball games i think it's just it our confidence level, i know it is it's not i think it our confidence level is down when it comes down to that really that nut cut time at the end of ball games that that you got to make a play or get a stop and we've just we've just struggled to finish games we've of course been very competitive but we've just struggled to to finish but the the mentality has, has stayed strong i credit our our captains and our leaders on our team, our, our three captains selected by the, the their teammates, of course, are uh, Tay Hardy, of course, who's 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 injured, but has remained very strong in terms of his leadership. Um, uh, Tyler Stevenson and Jeff Armstrong, Jeff, and it's kind of an odd mix because you got two of the guys that are, uh, uh, you know, of course Tay hurt, but you know that were that are two of your best players, and he and Tyler, and then of course Jeff, who who plays somewhat sparingly at times but uh he has so much respect from the other players that they they select him as one of our captains because of the way he approaches every day so anyway we're, we're focused uh, just like if, if we were if we were i think we're six and 16 if we were 16 and six i would actually say the same thing because i think it's it's important that you focus on the everyday process and you don't focus on the wins and losses now that's easier said than done it's 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 of course the the only result that that people outside of the program want to see, of course, they're only concerned about wins and losses. I get that. I'm I'm a fan myself of of of, of our teams, and that's what you should be concerned about. But internally, we want to focus on the process every day and getting better and 
eliminating the things that cause losing. You can't win until you address the things that cause losing. And if if you did look at us statistically over over, especially since Christmas, we've done an. Uh, I think, and I say we in terms of our players, not not necessarily myself, but. We, one of the things that had hurt us in the in the non-conference schedule was turning the basketball over. We, we've really, really gotten better there. We're beginning to score better. We're beginning to finally gel offensively. Uh, we've kind of gotten to kind of somewhat of a, a, a stable lineup. I think that's helped. Um, and, and I think that we've improved in a lot of statistical categories. And um, we just we need to find a way to win. And, uh, and that's just the bottom line. And I know everyone expects that. But no one expects that there, there's no one more invested in our program and us doing better, of course, than myself, who bleeds black and gold. But, you know, I had a conversation with a man the other day that was, was being somewhat negative, And I said, let me ask you something. I said, you can take me out of the mix. I said, do you think Clarence Weatherspoon not investing in us winning? You know, he, he wanted to start talking about my staff. I said, so you, you worry about, you know, criticize me all you want. Don't start criticizing my players and my staff. That's I'm right. responsible for them. So, I ultimately have to be be that guy, but I, I'm proud of our guys for continuing to fight. We we we're a one bid league. This is going to sound crazy. I'm saying this, Luke. We're we're a one bid league. Conference USA. There's going to be one team go to that NCAA tournament, and that's the team that's going to win the win the conference tournament. And and so our goals are still in front of us. Uh, our win loss record is not sexy, but but I don't think that we're that far away from getting this thing flipped around. And I think if we could just find a way to get us a win we would be fine. And I will remind you this. This is not an excuse. This is a fact. We've played four home games since the end of November. Right. We've gone over over, over two months in play. Now, it's nobody's fault. That's the way we had the COVID uh, cancellations and those things. And, of course, those are going to come back to us. So we do get a chance to play. I think we play – gosh, I'm not looking at it, but I think we play six of our last eight or five of our last eight at home. So that's going to be great not to have to travel so much. And uh, so, you know, we, we're still fighting for that, get ready for that conference tournament and try to go there and, and, and pull, pull off a miracle. Well, personally, I'd be real shy about criticizing Clarence Weatherspoon in person. <laughs> and <laughs> I, my hey, guess is he didn't do that, right? Bob won't do it to his face, I <laughs> uh, promise you that. Oh, no, uh, no. Not if you have a yeah. working brain, no. Uh, Coach, you're a smart guy, and uh, and you've been so open and willing to be on our show all through the year, and we respect that greatly. I, I want you to know that. Sure. In the and last we'll couple of minutes we have left, what I'm just curious how do you how do you react to the negativity uh, that you may see on social media? As yeah. a coach, do you block that out? And I wonder sometimes how that affects the families of coaches. Well, I, I probably get you let my wife probably tell you it affects my children and my my wife and my sisters and my parents. You know, they they they're more you know not in the coaching business and they don't understand that this goes with the territory and uh, you know when you when you lose and and and, and you know of course. You try to carry yourself always in such a way. Personally, before I was a coach at Southern Miss, and of course as a coach at Southern Miss, and after you try to, you know, treat people with respect in the right way. And it's amazing to me how, not just with me, but but with any coach, how almost hateful you know a lot of that stuff comes across. And but you have to understand, you have to be bigger than the the issue, and you have to just kind of look at those type things and, and understand the the, the almost kind of in a sad way that people 
people's uh, well-being or their happiness revolves around how a sports team does. I, I kind of think of that kind of got a shallow life, so to speak. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if they're really, really that unhappy if a team loses. But that that's just my general philosophy. I, I, I personally don't try to see it. Of course, it, it my 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 parents are 84 years old. They see some of those things. But what, what bothers me the most, Bob, about that is other teams see it. Other, other, our recruits, it, you, they use it against us in recruiting. Um, it, it hurts us. And I know maybe that's not, I know those people want us to win. And I, like I said, I just can't, my, 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 my career, my life is dependent on us winning. But it doesn't. It, it 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 on a personal note. It it's it, you know it, it it's someone you don't want people to ever criticize you and, and hurt your feelings. But you also understand that's part of the business. My it affects my family more than than you know most people, and not just my family. I think every coach would tell you the same thing. I mean, you know, I was talking to Coach Barry the other day. He called me and said, "Jay, keep your head up." And this was he said, "Jay, after we got beat by Mississippi State last year in Jackson, who went on to win the national championship." We got beat four to one in Jackson, and there was a, there was a course uh, on one of our athletic websites. the The title of it was "Fire Coach Bear, <laughs> Fire Scott Bear." And, I just and have he to was laugh laughing that. about that. I he said, so don't, that. He said, "Don't <laughs> worry about." It. He said, and I said, "I'm not worried." You know, of course, I didn't bring it up. I said, "I'm, I'm not worried about it. I'm focused. All I can focus on and control is what I control." But I will say this for those. I'm, I've got a wide open office in my, in my, this is what I wish because I was always taught to handle stuff man to man. Come to the office. You're more than welcome. I'll give you my phone number. You can call me. You can come to my house. You know, uh, you, you, we'll, we'll talk about it man to man if you want to. But if, if you want to come up and discuss and you've got some different ways to do things, all I would ask is if you buy, t- just buy tickets. Just buy <laughs> right, tickets. Right, come, right. come criticize. But so many of the folks doing the criticizing don't, 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 don't support it. In any way, right. you know, and, right. and and then their excuse will be, well, I'm not going to go over there and watch them. They, they're not worth watching. Well, did you watch them also? I'll say that then my next question will be, have you ever bought tickets? Right. Have you ever gone to games? Unless somebody gave you some tickets at Jitney Jungle or something, you know, do, do, do you go? But anyway, I, I don't let it bother me. I can't. I've got too much to focus on with our, our players. And, uh, of course, like I just kind of answered the question again, it, it hurts my my family more than it than than it right. than it hurts me because they 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 worry about that kind of stuff. But Coach, anyway, that hey that, that, that that's not that's not just here at Southern Miss. That's everywhere, that's isn't right. it? Thank you for coming on the show, Coach. Best of luck to you this weekend against uh, the hey, UAB. Thank, thank y'all, Bob Luke. Appreciate y'all having me on. Look forward to next time. All right, Coach Jay Ladner, everybody, okay. head basketball Thanks. coach, Southern Miss. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Always appreciate Jay Ladner's transparency and honesty and, man, just availability. He's always willing to come on the Eagle Hour and talk to it. And you heard what he said. If, you, uh, if you'd if you like to speak to him, um, you can reach wow. out and be more than happy. That That's uh, that's pretty cool quality in, uh, in no, a head basketball no coach. Uh, but third, our fourth segment, that's what we're in, fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by D1 and uh, D-Bat located in Hattiesburg. D1 training on the right, D-Bat on the left. 
in the big shopping center uh, over there by Best Buy and all of those. Uh, that's, that's a really cool place. You kind of get anything you want. And in D1 and, D, and uh, DBAT, you can get gloves, bats, pro shop. You can get sign your kids up for instructions and lessons. And then D1 training, you can get in some of the best shape of your life. It's all there on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBAT, D1, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. So Southern Miss set to head up I-59 Thursday night to take on the UAB Blazers. UAB having a great season, 18-5, and 8-2. They're coached by a former Ole Miss head coach, Andy Kennedy. That game will be at 6 p.m. on CBS Sports Network on television. Of course, as always, the voice of the Golden Eagles, John Cox, uh, will carry the game. And uh, you can listen on the radio or on the Southern Miss game day App. So Southern Miss, uh, Bob, we were talking about this in the break, basketball-wise. Coach Ladner mentioned um, if, if you go back and you look, um, with Western Kentucky and Marshall uh, being being uh, postponed because of the COVID issue, the Eagles' last home game, so you, you look at it, December the 14th, they played Jacksonville. January 16th, they played La Tech. January 19th, they played Southeastern Baptist. And uh, they played North Texas and, and Rice. So, I mean, they've been on the road a whole lot. After the UAB game, from Monday, February the 14th, until Monday, February the 21st, Eagles will have four home games. They'll take right. on Western Kentucky on Valentine's night, take on UTSA Thursday the 17th, UTEP uh, February the 19th on Saturday, and then the following Monday, the makeup game uh, with Marshall. So, Maybe, you know, the confines of Reed-Greed Coliseum, uh, they beat UTSA on the road. Maybe they can get them, and, and maybe one of these games you can uh, slip up and, and get a surprise win. Yeah, let's give you a little perspective about UAB. They're 34-19 all-time against Southern Miss in basketball. They've won 10 of the last 12 meetings. Uh, the Golden Eagles are 6-20 and in games played at UA, UAB. Uh, Coach Ladner does have a win against Coach Kennedy. He's 1-2. Uh, against Coach Kennedy, but but here's the one that that shocks me: uh, the Blazers are 18 and five. They're 13 and 0 at home this year, and every win at home has been by double digits. So the Golden Eagles have their hands full tomorrow night uh, in Birmingham. Yeah, UAB can steal the ball uh, a lot. They're averaging almost 11 steals per game. Now, now to Coach Ladder's point, you look at the last two games the Golden Eagles have played, uh, whereas they were getting close to 20 turnovers a game, they had uh, 20 turnovers in the last two games. So that's, that is one area of improvement. Uh, but they're just going to have to uh, they're going to have to make shots and make shots often uh, tomorrow night. Defense hadn't been bad. Uh, it's played well in spurts, uh, but just got to find something that, that works against a tough Yeah, let, let me say this one one thing about Coach Ladner for, for all the critics. I've dealt with a lot of high school and college coaches in my media career, and uh, there are many, many coaches that when things aren't going bad, if you think they're going to talk to you, you're crazy. They're generally not going to talk to you face-to-face. They're certainly not going to go – on something with as with a wider reach as this program has on the Super Talk Network, this man has never blinked an eye about coming on the radio show. And you just heard him invite you to come to his office if you're unhappy with the performance of the basketball team. That says more than more than I could really describe about the character of Jay Ladner, who, by the way, is one game away from winning his 100th uh, D1 basketball game in his career. We should mention too, Bob. You have vast experience. I mean, over eight decades of sports journalism. That's correct. So I that, mean, I was a, I was back, you know, in the days of Otto Graham and Otto when Otto was losing. 
Otto was not a friendly guy to be with. I'll tell you what, and I have probably more respect for him than any coach I was ever associated with, but I had the pleasure as a TV sports director of covering Big Nasty when he was the head football coach here. And let me tell you, he was a fantastic football coach, and he's a kind, kind man now, but you did not want to get in the path of Big Nasty uh, when things had not gone well. And it didn't take reporters long. It used to be funny to watch people that were new to that beat uh, get in his way after a bad game, and you quickly learned that that's probably not a good thing to do. Yeah, you gotta you got to use discretion Correct. when dealing with head coaches sometimes. All right, we'll be right. talking head coach tomorrow, Patrick McGee on the show. So uh, get his take on uh, on Dennis Allen. Who we got the rest of the week, Bob? You know, we're working on uh, on a great lineup the rest of the week. I think we're going to get David Rimes on the show, and we'll talk to him later about being on Friday. He's a big, big friend of Larry Fedora. I think I have a lot of great stories and insight about Coach Fedora, and uh, we look forward to that. And we're going to be at Pete Taylor Park a week from Friday for the opening of college baseball. I think we'll have Coach Barry start his Monday appearances next week. I've got to reach out to him about that as well. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 1, and we hope you will too. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Mississippi Media Production.